Hey, it's John from CEO Raider. We published a social media post today. The name of the social media post was the three I's for selecting board members. And those three I's are one, intellectually curious, two, industry experience, three, inquisitive. So let's briefly touch on each. Intellectually curious, sort of self-explanatory. Does somebody have a natural curiosity where they're compelled to exercise intellectual rigor in order to find truth. It's a quality, believe me, that you want in board members and one that my experience is not often found in board members. Two, industry experience. It's become all too common today, sort of in this post Enron, post Sarbanes-Oxley, post stock options backdating world. It's been far, become far too common to have the vast majority of public company board members be outsiders. And not only outsiders, but outsiders that are completely out of industry outsiders. So I can understand not wanting active executives who are in your industry on the board. That doesn't make sense, obviously, to bring in a competitor. But to have perhaps a retired exec from industry, that makes sense. But all too often you have board members who are active execs or former execs in industries that are completely unrelated to your industry. And it's just... You know, I struggle at the value those folks may bring. Now you may say, hey, maybe they're intellectually curious. And through that uh, sort of personality trait, they, they add value. But, you know, there are many intellectual curious people who are people whom have industry experience. And then number three, inquisitive. And you could say, hey, this is a derivative of intellectual curiosity. But somebody could be intellectually curious, but just not have the personality such that they're one to exercise a line of questioning in a board meeting or in the breaks during a, an all-day board session. And I, and I prefer that board members ask questions during the active meeting, not pull the CEO aside during breaks. Put your question out there for everybody to hear and have an open discussion about it. Do it in a polite way, but put it out there so everybody in the meeting hears it so it gets recorded in the board minutes. So inquisitive is number three. So I thought maybe it'd be helpful since I've picked on them in the past. And again, I'm not long, I'm not short, but IBM, you know, an example of a company as I've said previously, in my former industry, software services, that has had, what, 21 quarters, 21 sequential quarters of revenue decline. And the stock's got hammered over the past several years. It's one that we've talked about in an earlier podcast where we said the recipe to fix IBM is quite simple. It's large-scale M&A. Large-scale M&A would buy the board, CEO, Ginny Rometty, air cover while the company transitions from an upfront RevRec model to subscription-based model, which uh, when, you tra when, when you flip models from upfront license to subscription models, the subscription models carry a pro rata RevRec. So that means if you, you, you sign a, a five-year contract worth X, the revs get recognized pro rata each day, each month, each quarter over the course of the five years, as opposed to upfront, like in the days of the early days of software. So let's look at IBM's board. Kenneth Chenow, American Express CEO chairman. Ken does not have software experience. I think that's essential for IBM at this juncture, particularly if they're going to follow my suggestion and pursue a somewhat aggressive or a very aggressive strategic M&A plan within the world of software and services. So Ken may be inquisitive, he may be intellectually curious, but he has zero software experience. Michael Eskew, retired chairman and CEO of UPS. Now I know they have some technology embedded inside the company with regard to uh, uh, the, the, the supply chain management 
uh, the, the routing of packages and such, the delivery network, but that you know, not their core business. So 0 for 2. David Farr, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Emerson Electric. They've made some software acquisitions over time, few and far between. Certainly not their core business, 0 for 3. Mark Fields, former CEO of Ford, didn't move fast enough within the world of autonomous driving and pushing tech through Ford's product development pipeline, so he's no longer CEO. So we're what? We're 0 for 4. Alex Gorski, Chairman of C- Chairman and CEO of Johnson & Johnson, 0 for 5. Shirley Ann Jackson, President of, of RPI. If you want to pull from academia, good school to pull from. So not one that has software experience per se, but checks a box. Andrew Laveras, uh, CEO of Dow. What is it? What, what now? Dow DuPont. Uh, so no software experience. Jim McNerney, uh, former senior exec at, at uh, GE, retired chairman, CEO of Boeing. He was what? Uh, CEO of 3M for a while, if memory serves. Not a tech person. Hutham Olean, president, CEO, Olean American, principal director, senior executive of the Olean Group, Olean Investments. Olean is not a technology company. So we're batting zero. James Owens, retired chairman and CEO of Caterpillar. Uh, they just made a technology acquisition, but certainly not their core business by any stretch of the imagination. So we're, we continue to have a donut in front of us with regard to industry experience. Ginny Rometty, insider. Sydney Thorell, Pearson. Um, Pearson's sort of an information services company. Prior to that, former chairman and CEO of Eli, Eli Lilly. You know, I'd hate to give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. That's The experience is a little too thin. Peter Vosser, chairman ABB. Um, technology, let's call it industrial tech, embedded inside of ABB, which is a conglomerate, a global conglomerate. Not really software. That's the board. That's IBM's board of directors. In order to fix the company, they need to, one, in my view, aggressive M&A plan around software and services. Two, find some of the best people in the world with regard to product development experience both on the, on the product management side as well as the software engineering side, and create some new product that people want. And you could probably deploy some of those people in the Watson Initiative, which it feels like Watson is too services heavy and that all the good people are many of the good people who were acquired through some of the smaller acquisitions that IBM did in years past are, are, are gone. People that were at SPSS, people that were at Unica, people that were at Cognos, many of them are gone, at least the ones that I know. And what they've told me is that the good people are gone years ago. So these are the questions that you know large institutional shareholders should be asking of IBM. Instead of waiting for ISS and the other proxy services companies to tell you we support or don't support this slate of directors, you as an institutional shareholder get the word out to IBM and tell them you want them to nominate. You want them to turn the board over and bring in some qualified people. Exercise the, the leverage you have with your shareholder position. This, it's just, this is one that I'm telling you at some point an activist is gonna step in and just turn this whole company over. There's, there's too much that, that's inherently good inside of IBM with regard to product people to just watch this thing slowly die. And somebody's gonna come in, boot Ginny Rometty, boot the board, swap out all the GMs and bring in qualified people to resolve the problem that is IBM. Hope everybody has a good weekend.